You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. Follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC for new episodes, upcoming episodes, and even some giveaways. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer, spelled like lower. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for other shows that share some cool, nerdy interests that we all frolic about. You can also write to the Batman Book Club at TheBatmanBC at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, concerns, go to Eric Holzman at FinaleE33 on Twitter. And lastly, please take 30 seconds of your time, if you'd ever be so kind, to rate and review this show. The link to the review page and Apple Podcasts is in the description of this episode. The more rates and reviews helps spread the word, and the word is panic. Now, this is uh, Turtle Week on the hot heels of the Joker Week last week. We're going to have some turtle fun, uh, Cowabunga, Heroes in a Half Shell, you know the sayings. And to today, we're going to be talking a little bit of a combo of Batman and Ninja Turtles with the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adventures. I'm not going to do it alone, though, because turtles don't fight alone. With me, he is the Mikey to my raft. It is Minnesota's finest, Mr. Garrett Grev. Back for the sixth time? That's right, the sixth time. (laughs) I think we're on six. Yeah, you know, um, one, Lauer, as always. Let me just say how pleased I am to be back. It is a joy every time you ask me to do a show. And um, uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like kind of coming back to the Batman book club is kind of becoming like going back to my mom's house up north. Where it's just so comfy <laughs> and cozy. And, uh, you know, my my favorite foods are made for me, you know, not you know, this is metaphorically I'm speaking about, um, <laughs> but it's just very at home. You know, you get to talk, like do the things I love to do with the people I love to be around, Ryan. And um, boy, what a joy. And uh, it is also in particular for this episode, kind of like going back to my childhood home, because I mean, Batman and Ninja Turtles. Come on. Come on, you're a 80s baby and a 90s kid like myself. Whoo boy, it doesn't get much better than this. Well, Garrett, we have a surprise for you today. <gasps> Everybody, welcome to the show, Garrett's mom! Woo! Oh, there she comes! Oh, oh Garrett, honey! <laughs> Don't you know? Yes, uh, Ninja Turtles, thank you for coming on. This was actually a book that you brought to my attention um, last time you were on the show. It wasn't too long ago. We, you were gracious enough to do something that I picked. You didn't get to pick. Usually if somebody's on the show, they get to pick what we're talking about. And I pretty much picked that one. And I was like, I'll be forever in your debt. You can tell me the next nine books you want. And we were fortunate that the time has worked out to talk about a little uh, Batman and Ninja Turtles, which 
I'm looking forward to. But before we get into that, you know the routine. You've got residency on this show now. Um, have you been reading any Batman stuff lately beside the book we're about to talk about? Um, yeah, you know, just recently I went back and guess what? It's what? gonna. It shouldn't be a surprise. I started reading Lil Gotham with my yes! little dudes, and yes! um, they <laughs> they were they were big fans. Halloween, as I said, you know, we're we're in November now, right? Um, for those of you listening into the future, we are talking in November uh, of 2020. Wow, it is a wild one, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had said on that review, like, I'm going to read this with the boys. They, I can already tell, they're going to be big fans. I was not wrong. I know these children, they look just like me. Sometimes they think similar, similarly to me. Uh, and they were enormous fans. The The, the trick was, um, I said, we're going to wait uh, to read the Thanksgiving part of issue one until we get a little bit deeper into the month. Um, but they were uh, very eager to keep going. Um, so, Lauer, you forced that one upon me. And just let me say thank you. Uh, real nice. You know, I, I talked about it last time we recorded how much I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I had high hopes for what I was going to be able to do uh, with that book as a parent to many little grab boys. And uh, it did not disappoint. So, yes, been reading that one. Excellent. So the Batman Book Club is doing its job and it is getting people to read stories they had not read before. And I'm glad that you didn't tell me this beforehand. You waited. I mean, you're a... <laughs> entertainment professional you know i need to save the good stuff for the show you didn't drop that on me at all until I'm, just now so what a surprise i'm glad sometimes you do need to bury the lead you know my yeah. journalism teacher in college was wrong <laughs> you know sometimes we i'm glad that you took a journalism uh class because i feel like a lot of people think they can just be journalists and no you need to you need some training you need to be you need some journalist training so I'm glad you things, got that career in your back pocket. Things can get dangerous if you don't. Yeah, really it was uh, my my journalism professor. Um, I, I took two semesters of journalism. I was actually in uh, English with an emphasis in writing degree is how I was taking journalism classes. And um, she would often say, uh, not bad, Garrett, less wordy, which <laughs> I think you guys that record with me regularly might uh, might say like, yeah, dude, you should have listened. Yeah, uh, clearly you that didn't stick. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if our episodes ever go long, it's like I think when we get done recording, like with uh, Pete last episode, like we've just annihilated the hour mark. And he said when we were done recording, yeah, sorry, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, why does everybody think that they're the reason? I know that I know what I'm capable of. <laughs> and you throw Batman in the mix and uh, uh, I just keep going. Uh, you didn't ask me, but I'll go ahead and say it, that I've been reading, dipping into some random stuff. Um, I read this three-issue prestige format called Batman Run, Riddler, Run. Have mm. you ever heard of this? No, I'm not familiar. So Batman Day was quite a score for me because I just went to like the back issues, and that's where I found the Holy Grail that is known as Batman Castle of the Bat. Oh yeah. Uh, but I also found some other Elseworld stuff, and yeah, this this three. Let me see. Let me grab this three part story called Batman Run Riddler Run. Uh, Gerard Jones and Mark Badger, and Willie Schubert, 
and it's it's unique. It was written in 1992, and the art is confusing yet still cool. It looks a little like Sean Murphy-ish. Obviously, it was like before his time, and some character designs are strange. But it's like it tr- it's p- very political with a bunch of new characters, and then the Riddler's just kind of randomly thrown in there. And he definitely, for him to be on the the to be the title of the story, he is not in it enough to do that. But the story overall was actually kind of cool. I didn't check and see if that's on DC Universe, but what do you know? Story you never heard of? Give it a shot. You know, I read I read one other thing um, recently. I reread it, um, and uh, actually, I was listening to one of the other Halloween episodes that you covered uh, with the Red Rain with our buddy Justin Kowalski. Oh, and it made yeah. me think back to like, oh yeah, an early '90s Elseworlds tales that I'd like to revisit. And I reread um, uh, Batman Speeding Bullets. Shoot, Superman Speeding Bullets. Dang, which one is it? I hate when I do this when we record. Anyway. Super- yeah, anyways. It's the... I, Superman it's, speeding bullet. Yes, indeed. It is where, uh, you know, the old rocket ship lands with the Waynes and mm-hmm. uh, Kal-El grows into Bruce Wayne as opposed to Clark Kent. And, <laughs> man, you know, it's a, that is a slice of time. That's a fun one to revisit. It is... It, it takes some, like, tonal shifts randomly throughout the story, but it is a super fun one. And, um, you know, of those kind of earlier um, Elseworlds tales, I think that that's that's one that's that's nice to revisit. It had been probably three years since I read it. I think I wrote a review for Batman on film about three years ago, and I probably hadn't read it for oh man, like 10 years before that. So, yeah, check that one out. It's a fun. I had a good time going back and seeing it. I keep meaning to to get to that one. And I don't know. You name a reason because 2020 is just not normal that I keep forgetting about it. Um, but I know that one is on DC Universe because I had it on my list and then I just kind of kept forgetting to go back to it. So very cool that it gets high high marks from you. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It. I will get to it. So another book that I enjoyed a lot is this book called Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. Uh, released in... November in 2016 ran six issues was done in May of 2017. It's been released in a trade paperback. Um, This was hot on the heels of another Batman Ninja Turtle crossover written by James Tynan, the fourth drawn by Freddie E. Williams, Um, but a totally in no way at all related. And also while that had original, character designs and story designs this i think this announcement got me even more excited because it was combining batman the animated series world with the teenage mutant ninja turtles world of 2012 which is it is right up there for me of just as equally awesome as the original 80s cartoon series before we dive into that garrett what is your history with the ninja turtles Oh, my history with the Ninja <laughs> Turtles. Um, I was a wee boy in northern Minnesota when the Ninja Turtles really broke onto the scene. And I remember sort of hearing 
I was very young, so these could be fabricated memories. But I feel like I was aware of the Ninja Turtles leading up to the cartoon. Like it was in the ether or it was, you know, maybe on a, a news clip or older friends had talked about it um, before the cartoon debuted and watched the 87. Was it 1987 when I think when that series debuted? And oh, man, it was like Ninja Turtles life. Um, but I'll still <laughs> live in that Batman life. It was both. Um, so it was, it was, um, you know, the, that original series, I think it, it started on CBS and then was in syndication and it ran into 95, I want to say, um, maybe 97, 95, somewhere in there. Um, I, that was just my jam, man. And bought the Ninja Turtle Adventures, uh, comic book. Uh, I think it was Ninja Turtle Adventures comic book. It was, it started as sort of the comic book retelling of the animated series and then there were the trading cards. They were all the figures. Man, I had the blimp. Like, I love Ninja Turtles. And it's funny. We were we just went up recently to a resort around where I grew up. And we drove by this little country store in the middle of nowhere because I'm a Jack Pine Savage from, you know, a forest. And um, I told my boys, I'm like, hey, guys, you see that country store? Um, it's got, like, a gas station and a bait shop and, you know, place to buy some beer and like back in the day when you wanted to watch a movie at home we'd have to drive from Gigi's grandma's house uh Gigi's house you know 15 minutes to this was the closest place you could rent a movie 20 minutes maybe and on the date that I thought I just I don't know why I even thought it was this date that the um, 1990 movie was going to be released in at home video I called this place that week no less than 300 times asking if they had it in stock. So when the movie came out, I was all about the live action movies. Um, I loved all things Turtles while I was still loving all things Batman and Superman. What a time to be alive. Oh, just a joyous time. <laughs> the, the same little country store in the middle of nowhere between mm-hmm. Hillager and Brainerd, Minnesota um, sold trading cards. And you could, I remember in 1989, um, it was like kindergarten age, Garrett, somewhere after maybe. Um, and you could get a pack of animated series trading cards and a pack of Tim Burton's 1989 Batman trading cards, which I often did uh, with, you know, whatever allowance I had saved up and ripped that bad boy open you know, cut my gum wide open on a, you know, hard stick of trading card gum that was in one of those and just rifle through what cards I got. And they all got mixed in the same pile. Like this trade that I've got right next to me is like that pile of Batman 89 and uh, and live or I think it was animated series um, Ninja Turtle trading cards that sat in my bedroom back in the day. (laughs) Oh, holy Moses. So as much as I've said before, on this show that I don't remember a time that I didn't like Batman. Uh, I've tried to get to the bottom of it with my parents. My parents don't remember. I also don't remember a time that I didn't like the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. The I've always loved the series and always remember watching the series, which, you know, doing some fact checking. Uh, Garrett, you were correct. 1987 ran until Ooh. 1996. Yeah. Oh, well, I said 95 or 97 split the difference, right? Exactly. And, yeah, I was, oh, I was obsessed with that cartoon. The my brother and I had 
we didn't have all of the different versions of each character, but I'd say we had most. It was such a great episode of the toys that made us on Netflix with the Ninja Turtles craze, because definitely it's like, had that, had that, had that, had that. We had the turtle van, which is the coolest van of all time. Um, I mean, man, that was like, I bled green. And then I've never, I've never really stopped. Even the live action movies that came out. I liked, uh, the, what was it? Was it called the turtles? The next generation that was on Fox, like the live action show. (laughs) Yeah. With, uh, okay. That's bad. With, uh, (laughs) um, gosh, what was her name? Venus de Milo. Uh, I mean, it was, that one's rough. Um, the the video games, the first oh, one, which you could never be on NES. No, impossible. The, the arcade game was amazing. Glorious in every way. And then uh, Turtles in Time was a fun one, but I was I didn't play that one a ton. And then, I mean, I'm just going through the whole thing. This is a TMNT show. Um, the TMNT book club. But then 2003, they launched a newer version, which I was a big fan of. I thought that one was really cool. And they did, I had a Nintendo GameCube represent ryan haas oh holler i had one too and they had a ninja turtle based off that series they had that video game on the gamecube and you could play up to four players at the same time and that game was freaking awesome and i just followed them all along and then that nickelodeon series launched and that series is that series is i think awesome and then the one that's currently on the rise of the turtles i think i haven't watched that because i just didn't like the designs and i'm like nah we'll just wait for it see if something comes along so i i I never i I never got in so this is like i have limited exposure to this 2012 version of the turtles i never really watched the show one of my best friends kids were super into it um so they had the toys and if we were over there uh some of the episodes be playing sometimes but uh, i never really watched it myself is the rise of the turtles i think i learned this from the toys that made us is that like somehow connected to the 2012, but just like a little bit twisted or changed or like the design's different. I know, but I thought continuity wise, there was some connection point. I just, I don't even know. Like, I think I just, I saw the designs and I'm just like, I don't like that at all. And I just never even, which shame on me that I didn't give a chance. I always give a chance to everything turtles. But I I have no knowledge on this series, the newest series at all. So I mean, I, and I bought a movie ticket to the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. I should watch these cartoons, you know? Like, come on. I like it. I like those two uh, Platinum Dunes produced Ninja Turtle ones. Like, I, I don't know. I I'm just kind of a sucker for as long as the turtles themselves I like. I kind of don't care about that Megan Fox is in it. Like it's right. like, well, yeah, you shouldn't be April O'Neil trying to act like, you know, Every, wow, this is a journalist show. I was gonna say trying to act like, you know, what a journalist is, uh, she, which she, she, clear, she clearly doesn't. Um, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like it. They followed the formula of the live action ones from the nineties of like the first one, they tried to make it like a little more gritty and true to comic book form. And then the second one, they went like, the animated cartoon series with it. So, I mean, it's okay. I know that that was your nicest, nice way of saying you're not a fan. And I know a lot of people aren't fans. I like them. I like them for for what they are. Yeah. I think the, uh, seven foot Ninja Turtle thing. I'm like, Oh, I know this is a, 
it should be superficial. It's kind of tough for me to get over. I'm like, yeah, these, you know, I don't need hulking giant mega turtles. I guess it's. I yeah. know that's 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 a fairly large nit to pick, but it's it it's probably something silly. I just got hung hung up on. Let's let's paint that as a me thing. No, no, you're not, you're not alone. I mean, this year was the 30th anniversary of the best turtles movie, the so first good. live action one, which is I think still holds up because they did everything so practically. So uh, good, such a cool. It's a fun movie, and it's kind of horrifying as the time has gone on. And we've gotten clearer uh, printings of the movie. So we've been able to notice that Turtle's mouth's open and you can see the eyes of the There's actors in the suits and stuff. People inside. <laughs> I went to that movie with my Cub Scout group, man. And you've never seen a bigger group of geeked up dudes. We went to Pizza Hut afterwards and just like freaked out eating pizzas drinking oh you'd love this i i remember distinctly just giant Tell pitchers me. remember those big clear pitchers they had at, at pizza yes. of mountain dew and ice oh like, yeah ice chip cubes and we just i mean i can't imagine how obnoxious we had to be to be around <laughs> uh get these damn kids out of here we need to stop <laughs> serving mountain dew <laughs> why do they keep kicking each other in the face this is not yeah. appropriate only kids like the turtles because all adults knew what it meant oh yeah so when the announcement of this comic came out i don't i i feel like i slightly remember the announcement but i don't but i was all excited because i loved the james tynan's uh first uh first story first combo series of the two it was an original story but it was i liked the designs i liked the story that they told i think that it's like man this is a lot of fun i want more and the follow-up quote unquote, was an unrelated story, but they're using two versions, two worlds that I just flat out love wholeheartedly. And so do you possibly remember anything about this being announced or your reaction to the thought of it coming? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I um, so, you know, as you well know, and I think probably as anybody who's listened to me on this show knows as well, um, I am always looking for ways to uh, um, mold and manipulate my children into liking <laughs> the things that I like. And, You're just a good uh, dad. That's what dads are supposed to I do. I know. I'm like, hey, guys, let's put on some Weezer and talk Batman for a yeah. while. What do you think? You know? Um, <laughs> so have you heard MXPX? They're awesome. You're going to love them. <laughs> um, so when this was announced and that it was going to be, you know, in the vein of um, Batman, the, the animated series. And what I knew my buddies, older boys, I mean, not, I mean like three, four years older were really into with Ninja Turtles. I thought, Oh, this is going to be a super cool way for me to be able to expose um, my older two boys at the time to these characters. And it should be, you know, largely age appropriate, or if it's, you know, kind of violent or, you know, snotty or whatever, it'll be over their heads. So I was pretty excited about that. And um, I had a dearly beloved local comic book shop that is now uh, no longer with us. Uh, It closed down, sadly, even before the pandemic. Um, But I told those guys as soon as I saw the announcement, I'm like, hey, guess what's going on my pull list? And they're like, oh, bro, we already knew. (laughs) (laughs) We've got like literally had a note in your file, like ask Garrett if he's going to want this. Assume he does. Um, So I would go there and it was, dude, (laughs) it was painful for me as a as a um, both someone, you know, a split between comic book collector Garrett and 
really want the boys to sort of feel and sense what it is to read a comic book and, and experience these characters like handing over a you know like mint comic book to i think they were like three and five at the time and just watch them like fold these suckers in half and backwards and like tug them tug on them back and forth like those single issues are destroyed Um, but i got these all originally as they came out month by month uh, before you know getting the trade when it was released so yeah i remember it um i remember it pretty pretty vividly it was something i was hyped up about I think, yeah, I definitely was there opening day, each issue, including the director's cut issue. And then I also bought the trade and I was, they did a trade soft cover and then never did like a deluxe hardcover, at least not yet, hopefully one day. Uh, for this episode, which, which version did you read? Um, I've got the uh, paperback trade. Oh gosh, it looks like this one was published in 2017 yeah i think it's the only time it's been released that i found because this would be one that i've got on on the gravibat shelf Mm -hmm. um i if this if they do a sort of deluxe version this would be something i'd drop some money on i might give away my thoughts on on Mm -hmm. this subject a little early but yeah Oh, fun, fun fact, too. Uh, on the back, one of the, you know, the review quotes says a thrill ride from start to finish. I mean, it credits the website, but that was actually written by a guest on this show, Mr. Jay Yaws. So whoop, oh, whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop. Jay well done, Jay Yaws. You sly dog, you. So the collection of this of this trade. I'm surprised that they did not include the director's cut. I don't know how many people care about director's cuts issues that come out. Um, but are, are you a collector of the director's cut issues or no? I didn't realize there was one until you said that you got that. I'm like, hang on. I don't, I don't think I didn't see my boys rip that one to pieces. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a nerdy process. I'm one that loves extras. I like to see how the sausage is made when it comes to comics and movies and TV shows. And so it's, you get to see all of the pencils, um, all the pencils of the issue. And then it goes into like the scripting. And then there's even a, a fun blurb in the back from Matthew Manning. And then uh, John Summeriva has some pictures of like his setup for drawing the stuff. And Manning tells uh, a really cool kind of like origin story, if you will. And like his affinity for Batman and Ninja Turtles and such. Um, They didn't include this in the trade for some reason. I don't know why. And another thing that they didn't include in the trade is the, the title cards. So, like, in the issues, they had, like, a title card kind of blending like they did for the animated series, you know? And then uh, blending with the Turtles and Batman on them, too. And then here, between each chapter is, you know, like, the the cover. Like, two, I think, two different covers for the issues, for each issue, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I know adding another page costs money, and it's always about money. I get it, but... I mean, that's kind of a thing that's like, well, that was such a unique. Okay, that's fine. But give us a deluxe edition and include it and we will pay. Yeah, for sure. Because I, you know, I don't even think I have those single issues anymore. The boys read them and folded them up so many times. And I think um, my oldest tried to convert some 
covers into some sort of poorly taped together poster at one point. <laughs> like the the like I'm like, oh, that is you're really oh boy, there's so much damage to the spine boys will that I'm be boys. right now. And guys, I've got an acid free bag that I think we should probably place that in. Like, you know, is um, so yeah, if I, I don't even think I have those around to reference anymore. So if they if they have all that extra goodness in it, I yeah, uh, you have pre-sold me. Okay. Huh. Well, that's uh, that's too bad. But whatever, it's fine. Now you remember the announcement? Do you remember when it all wrapped up? Like what your what your reaction? Usually, I know we could save this for the end, but let's just say it now. Like, what was your reaction by the time that this wrapped up? <laughs> you know. I, um, this is a bit strange. I will say this, um, at the end of the first five issues, I'm like, this was, uh, just so much fun. It was everything I ever could have wanted and more. It was perfect. I, this is just delightful. And uh, Laura, you might have to remind me, was there a gap in time between five and six? Like, was there like a, in the real world, in the real, I know in story world, there is in real world. Was there like a, a month gap or something or two month gap? This came out, I'm going to do some research as you, after I finish with my answer. I think it came out like right on time. Okay. Okay. Because for some reason, I remember getting to the end of six and being like, well, that was fun. You know, I'm never going to, it's like if someone's like, hey, Garrett, would you like an extra serving of meatloaf? I see you've enjoyed your first three. Like serving four of meatloaf, I'm not going to be like, no, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm mad you cooked that and plated it up for me. I'm going to eat that meatloaf. Um, but maybe I didn't necessarily need it. You know, three servings yeah. of meatloaf might have been plenty. Um, I remember with the prologue, issue six being like, oh, this was cool that it rounded out, and I'm always happy to have more. But the first, you know, five issues w- probably would have been okay. That, that last slice of meatloaf, I don't know that I needed as much. But um, overall, I was absolutely thrilled with the story, thrilled with the art, um, you know, was was um, happy to have something that was, you know, largely age appropriate to share with my boys because they were sort of in that spot where little kid stuff wasn't as a big of a draw for them and older kid stuff just wouldn't have been quite appropriate yet. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like to go back and while this wasn't my childhood version of the turtles, it was 100% my childhood version, a little bit older child adolescent version of Batman. Um, and you know, what a great combo. So I was thoroughly thrilled with it. I thought parts one through five were exceptionally strong. I thought six was like, eh, okay, yeah, well, it's, it's a little bit more. That's fine. So the issue, you were, you were correct. The issue five came out towards the end of March, and then issue six was towards the beginning of May. So okay. still a, about a month and a half between the two. Yeah, I but, just remember feeling like there was a real world gap and I was a little bit surprised when I went back and picked up issue six and or picked up, you know, hey, guys, I'm here for my collection of books from the last, you know, five weeks. I haven't had time to grab. And I'm like, oh, six. That's right. And, but I had a hard time tracking down how many issues this was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be an ongoing series, if it was limited, because the issues themselves weren't saying, you know, issue one of six or part one of six or anything like that. I was just like, huh, OK. And I couldn't really track down any information. And then issue five ends. That seems like, oh, OK, oh, well, yeah. I, th- I guess it's done. And then somehow, somehow I 
learned that there was going to be another issue. And I'm like, oh, okay. And kind of as you said, I mean, if you're going to pick a least favorite of all of them, it's like I would have to say six. It's a fun epilogue, and it's a way to get in the designs of the the new adventures. But right. kind of like a lot of people's reactions to the new adventures, it's like, well, Batman the Animated Series is top tier. New Adventures is not that, but it's still enjoyable. That's my reaction to six. Of like, Dude. oh, it's not what came before, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah, and it's still like what came before was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just suffers from being quite good. You know, like it's yep. yeah, it's still better than almost you could ever hope to ask for. Um, but it just doesn't quite meet, you know, what came right before it. Yeah. So let's uh I mean, we don't need to go through the story and hash through the story. We can just touch on, like, some fun highlights and and such. But, I mean, the setup is basically just a portal traveling back and forth between Gotham and New York City. Because that's kind of all you really need. New York City. And it seemed so... Which is funny, because that's almost, like, very similar to the series that we just finished reading with the Tynan series, but yet it felt refreshingly different too. And not only by designs. And I kind of don't know how to explain that anymore when you can definitely see such, you know, such similarities between the two, but it is, it's just like this, this version, like I'll say it now. I actually like this one more than the Tynan version because of the designs in the, in the two worlds that I like so much, but that doesn't mean I don't like the other version. I love the other version too. Um, oh, this this is my this is my preferred. Cool. Between yeah, between the two, this 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 is preferred for me, and um, I re- I reviewed a uh, mini series, uh, Masters oh, of the Universe versus yeah. uh, Injustice, <laughs> it, with Freddie Williams the third on art duties um, for that series, uh, and if you ever want to read my reviews on that, they're up over at Batman on Film. I went on at length about how genius and gorgeous Freddie Williams the third art is. I yes. think he's just no one no one does what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because there's an Eastman cover in, in in this that is a little it, it almost feels like I'm like, oh gosh, Freddie Williams is is kind of a little bit of this like Eastman style was almost a little bit of a precursor to what he does. And a lot of it comes down to coloring too. But anyway, I think what I was saying is what I meant to be saying is um, there's so much good about that <clears throat> Tynan Williams series in particular, the the art for me that I wasn't, I thought this was going to be a, you know, for the little dudes purchase. And I'm like, Oh, this is a, this is a perfectly reasonable dad purchase. And uh, I'm into this big time. I think, you know, for me, from a design standpoint, um, this isn't a straight up copy paste of Batman, the animated series style, but the influences are all there. The character designs are there. Um, you know, Batman has a has a bit um, has a, a bit more rounded look in some of the scenes. Uh, and I should say, like, bulked up more than rounded. Uh, the neck gets broader. Um you, you see some of the like facial expressions that doesn't quite fit in with the animated series, but it fits in really well with what I've seen in the 2012 turtle series. Um, so I think, you know, how did you say his last name? Cause I was, I was going to say 
Samariva. Yeah, that's how I pronounced it. Yeah, uh, okay. Sorry if he listens and he's hey. like, that's not how it's pronounced. Yeah, Samarova. Um, anyway, I thought he just did such a nice job blending yeah. the two styles together that, yeah, what, what you're saying around character design was 100% true for me. And not to mention, like, the the number of characters. So there's a there's a difference between the two is Tynan zoned in on some kind of emotional arc, I think, for his parts. It's like part one or his first uh collection of the miniseries it was like a the dramatic part was kind of like with Raphael. the second one was with donatello the third one was kind of a it was such a like a elseworld not elseworlds but a multiverse kind of thing but here it just kind of seems like we're throwing all the toys in the sandbox and just playing and i am a-okay with that approach too and how basically they bring in a story that key key players are Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, April O'Neil, on the Bat or Shredder, on the Batman side, Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Joker, Harley Quinn, Mad Hatter, Scarecrow, and then they they bring in some of the others like in quick ways, you know, like Two Face is in it like briefly, but then others are in it too, and it's just like they, I think they play this out as if like we've got one shot, we need to freaking just throw everything in this in these six issues you know and i am all thankful for it because i I just i wanted fun and i think that's what i got for every issue (laughs) like a nerd's dream i'm like oh my god and everything yeah i mean i mean why wouldn't you want it if you're gonna do it go all Mm -hmm. out because especially like these two versions of these sets of characters sort of allow you to go big and play very large as opposed to trying to do the, this version of like a personal story about Batman and how he might interact with, you know, the, the psyches of these, these teenage mutant ninja turtles, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I respect what Tynan did. And I think, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't as, dour is all that but when you're taking the animated um version of batman that grew into what it grew into uh over the course of a very long time in the timverse and then this 2012 version of the ninja turtles it's sort of you have the license to go large with it so beyond just like wanting to hey i've got this one shot to tell this story let's make it the most fun thing possible Mm -hmm. you've also like the 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 team very manning very smartly uh and and maybe this was an editorial decision and i'm not sure i I bet you could tell us at some point lower um like very smartly used these versions of these characters that allowed him to tell this particular story and if not that that he crafted a story that fully took advantage of the strengths and possibilities that you have when playing in these particular sandboxes smashed up together Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the I went smartly in bringing together too. It's not just like, hey, here's Shredder. Hey, here's a uh, Man Bat. Let's just do that. It's it's like we get some. It's like we have Two Face and Cl- and Clayface <laughs> faces, right? It, like toward the beginning and teased, but then it's like at the end of issue two, it's um oh, I, I can't remember the character's name, but. 
teased with poison ivy and it's like there's a perfect blend of like well yeah if the the big oversized i'm trying to see if i can see what they're if they say the name snakeweed snakeweed yeah mutant oh. plant he's not he's not normally that big i i understand that he he got beefed up thanks to his proximity to to curses yes. <laughs> But, like, teaming up with Poison Ivy, and that's a good tease at the end of issue two. And then leading into, you know, the the fear, the fear guess, or, we get, you know, confrontation between Joker and Shredder because two egomaniacs, of course, that makes total sense. But then, like, we get tripped. I love Scarecrow. He's one of my favorite villains. And I love that they utilized him and his effects on both Batman again, which we always see, but also on the turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that plays a, a big, a big part in issue number four, it's almost leading like, Oh, Scarecrow's behind all of this. And he's going to send basically all of New York into a, into a, a fear frenzy. And we get, I don't know, like all of that is just like really, really cool. And such a, a strength. I don't know that I can even say like, this is the highlight because there's, to me, there's too many highlights. It's definitely a standout, though, of I like the sequence and Batman's trippy sequence. And then you get to see, like, Raphael and Leonardo under the influence of the fear, uh, like, the fear gas and stuff. And Raph sees Leo as this big, nasty, disgusting beetle. And and that must be ah. – have I missed this in other versions, um, other stories, or other tellings of the Ninja Turtles? Has Raphael had a fear of bugs in other – continuities because not that that i recall this was just i i wasn't sure if this was unique to the story or if that was something that was ongoing like i don't remember that from when i was a kid kid but you know as i said i i hadn't watched much of the 2012 um version Uh, you know lau are you saying this kind of does make me think of the one the one critique if i may be so bold yeah go ahead be a dick Garrett. i know gosh uh (laughs) I'm losing all my Minnesota niceness this week. You, you realize that, right? right? Um, bad week. It's yeah. You I caught me on a. I think it's daylight savings time. Really, it's just there. It is sucked all the. <laughs> it, it's just I haven't had tater tot hot dish in a while. You know, I'm losing <laughs> it. Um, I feel like what you were saying around the fear toxin segment of of the story, especially when you read this in trade, it's almost too strong. To mm. not be the climax of the miniseries. Mm. Okay. Um, which is, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poke at, it. I'm not gonna be mad that we got it because I think it's, it's fantastic, it's really well done. But you're right, it feels like at the time it was sort of building towards this crescendo that this was going to be the meat of the story. This was kind of going to be the main deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, then it, it, it turns into this, you know, Jarvis Tech. Um, you know, Mad Hatter story, which it was good and it made sense. And it was, you know, I like Mad Hatter. I think we um, sometimes get too little of Mad Hatter. And then when we do, man, sometimes it's just a bit too creepy for my taste. Um, But so I I liked the inclusion of Mad Hatter in the story and I thought it worked well, but I thought um, Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow, Fear Toxin was a bit more effective storytelling Mm-hmm. And if I, I'm going to put my editor hat on, 
which I'm wearing a Twins hat, not an Enter's hat. Go uh, Twins! I, I might have fight. Go Twins, Peter. <laughs> uh, love you, Peter Vera. Uh, I might have flipped the two and said, like, hey, this is super strong stuff we have here. This would be better suited to be the finale. Keep the set pieces, but maybe just think about utilizing them differently in order. Yeah, I mean... We get the explanation on how it's all worked because of Mad Hatter. Right. Which is the the last issue. So we get the explanation. So I almost... It's like, I totally agree with you. And I also am 100% A-OK with how it played out, too. Because to me, I mean, if you want, want to do like a Batman kind of comparison is... Well, yeah, most superhero stuff that third act is the massive set piece and yeah you're used to that's when it happens and then the dark knight is almost like it's big p set pieces you know between the two fairies and the fight oh that's not the end the end is the really small quiet moment with uh batman gordon and dent you know that's the big finale and i i can appreciate when something especially like especially in the nerd world the superhero world here that we're always in, it deviates a little bit from the expected of, of course the story is supposed to build and build to where it all comes together at the very end for a big fireworks show. And this avoids that a little bit. And I'm, I'm kind of okay with that too. Uh, and I just like that. Um, as Peter Vera also said brilliantly in madness, uh, covering madness, a couple episodes ago, Jarvis, old Jarvis. Um, I like that he gets the spotlight spotlight as a villain. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I think that's a good point. And I, and I would say this too. I thought I really got a kick out of rereading it. Cause I sort of forgotten how abruptly it sort of ends mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, you get Michelangelo and he's in his makeshift bat suit that oh. he says, and they say, I couldn't build a car. Co- I couldn't make a costume out of trash. Uh, you know, he's like rummaged through a dumpster to make a, you know, pseudo bat suit. And um, his utility belt is made out of uh, bungee cords. And he bungees himself up and, you know, kind of hurls himself into a turtle ball and smashes Mad Hatter's machine with his shell. And it was kind of just like, boom, and that's it. I was like, oh, dang. You know, right. like, because Mikey through this whole thing is a little bit more... Um, you know, Michelangelo is always Mr. Party Dude. But in mm-hmm. this, he was just like almost sort of like a goofball that wasn't super effective. Um, so, you know, your your thoughts around you're so used to building, building, building to this, like what really is the scare toxin um, scene of like big mass event and all the characters sort of um, playing their different roles and the interaction like this sort of builds into like Michelangelo has a chance to save the day with some comedy and it stops it, it kind of like, you know, puts out that flame of what could have maybe, you know, burnt out too much on it. So, yeah, I can I can see the benefit of of that that way. I think it hit me a little bit differently um, reading through and trade for this, like, uh-huh. you know, kind of like going through all at once and being like, oh yeah, man, this just doesn't feel as big as what the Scarecrow issue felt like. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I that's totally not something that. that, it's not anything that takes away from my enjoyment. Yeah, and to rewind just a tad, when Michelangelo, 
assembles the suit and then recreates the opening title from Batman oh, the Animated Series. See, now, now. Holy now, shit. Now, Lauer, <laughs> this is where, I, you know, I, my my journalism professor would have said, don't bury the lead. And I'm like, oh, that's the lead. And Lauer tonight is going to ask me, he's going to say, Garrett, we always do this. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, panel or passage from the book? And I was going to say, when Michelangelo recreates the credit, the opening credits, from the animated series like i loved it loved it loved it when it first came out um every time i revisit this trade i'm like oh goody here's here's the <laughs> two-page spread that he does it and uh dang it it happened to me again reading this getting ready to record i'm like this is just so much fun um so i've, I've got another one that i'll keep in my pocket for when you inevitably ask well me i i knew this was going to come up at the end spoiler alert but i'm like i i don't want to save it i want us to mention it so that we're not limited on anything so good because it is just so freaking awesome on the whole idea on how they came up with the idea and how it is so perfectly rendered you know and, it really is and i mean it is i'd love to do a frame by frame but it seems like it is frame by like not frame by frame, but you could pause the the opening credits of the animated series and you can be like, yep, it matches. Okay, press play, pause. Yep, it matches. But insert Mikey in which it is very easy for me to hear the voice from this version, the cartoon, whenever Mikey has a noise or dialogue or anything. I can hear that that interpretation's voice in my head and that's how I read it. And I mean, it's just like, it's subtly funny, but perfect too. And like the, the damn fighting with like in front of the moon on the right side, the, I guess the third panel of mm -hmm. Robin and Mike, like that looks really cool. And then of course, what's supposed to be the end and then the lightning strikes and then it scares Mikey. I mean, it's just, oh my gosh. So like good. one of the freaking highlights of a Batman comic period. Like, oh man, I can't, like, I can't say enough and I don't know how to say anything different other than like, oh, it's so cool. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's really neat. Oh, tubular cowbunga. Woo. It's funny that you hear the 2000, you know, what? I, I don't know why I hear when I, when I read Turtle, I'm trying to think if it's, it's not consistent for each character, but for me, Michelangelo, Michelangelo is the 1990s, um, live action Michelangelo voice. Oh, Okay. I'm just realizing it, but like, I don't hear Corey Haim when I hear Donatello. I guess when I think about it, or Corey, no, Feldman. Feldman was Feldman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michelangelo. So, who is your who's your favorite turtle? Uh, gosh, you know, <clears throat> when I was a youngster. Uh, it was pretty much every, <laughs> I don't know, such a non-answer. My favorite wasn't Raphael when I was a kid. I would sort of switch back and forth between Michelangelo was like my primary and Donatello was like my secondary. And I had a lot of respect for Leonardo and I never was like totally into Raphael. My best friend when I was, when we were little, his favorite was Raphael hands down. So it was always like, fine, you can be Raphael. And then I'd switch <laughs> off. Um, but I was obsessed with nunchucks. 
<laughs> and I think that that had a lot to do with Michelangelo. Um, I was I was kind of it's interesting because I haven't really hung on to like any sort of tech abilities <laughs> whatsoever, but I really dug that Donatello was like the techie of the group. So mm-hmm. I went largely back and forth between those two. But I was also a bit of an uptight rule follower. <laughs> so Leonardo was there. Uh, yeah, Michelangelo, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. That's that's probably as close to what an official favorite would have been. It's funny because I think it totally deviates from the kind of, like, my personality. But my favorite has always been Raphael. Oh, dude, no, it doesn't. I was going to say, you're a Raphael <laughs> dude if I've ever met a Raphael dude. Raph is a dick. Like, he is. But he is also, like, sarcastic. Yes. Um he's kind of he's got attitude he's he's just never boring to follow whenever any story follows him off on his own it's never boring and i'm not saying that anybody else's is either uh it was always it's kind of funny and very appropriate that leonardo was my least favorite my brother's favorite was leonardo oh yeah so you just look at and he and i always bickered back and forth and it's like look at the how perfect is that then we bicker back and forth all the time. His favorite turtle is Leonardo. Mine is Raphael, who always bicker in every freaking story with the two. And I just found that always appropriate. But I always feel like Mikey was such an obvious pick. And I felt I like know. Donatello. He's chalk, man. He's super chalk. He's just too, he's too fun. Like He's definitely like, I, I say like he's too fun. Like that's a bad thing. No, I mean like, of course he's a favorite because he's he's always entertaining. And then yeah. Donatello, I always felt like he kind of got the shaft. But I'm mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Nice. Like I don't know. He's he's the tech guy, but he's always entertaining and he's reliable. Like I don't know. They don't have a weak link in their you know no in their armor at all. It's so funny they're you all say strong, that. But... Um, because <laughs> so uh, 100%. My brother, who we still sort of have this relationship. Um, his favorite Ninja Turtle was hands down, no questions asked, Leonardo. And, um, and you know, it, he very particular, very much orderly. And, you know, my favorite was uh, Michelangelo most of the time. So that dynamic was there. When it came to X-Men, uh, my favorite X-Men was Wolverine, of course. And his favorite was who else but Cyclops? And of I'm course, like, dude, he's <laughs> just got like the most boring, uptight, lame brand dude. ever. Like, oh, at least you're consistent, but nerd alert, jeez. I just said that and about the whole Raph and Leo thing, and yet the same thing. X Men cartoons from the '90s. My favorite was Cyclops. Brothers was Wolverine. So it's like we flipped from the turtles, but yet still. We're right on brand, too. We don't need to stay consistent with our character choices, but we have to stay <laughs> consistent in being opposing. That's right. And we were. So I think almost like the... If you want to look on the turtle side, though, Mikey is the highlight. Um, just like off the top of my head of like some of his best moments. Obviously, the opening title recreation that we just talked about. The opening pages of I want you to tell all your friends about me. Right. Where are you? The 89 reference. The I mean, you move along, he calls Clayface like mud butt or something. And then there's oh, I just gotten through or there's I think chapter three. Part three or part four. Um, there's like he's face to face with Robin. Yeah, and there's this is when uh, we're first getting a hint of the Foot Clan. There's he's he's looking at Robin 
and Robin says, shadows, five o'clock, because there's somebody coming out of the shadows behind them. And he's like, dude, turtles don't even shave. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's this. got stuff like that throughout all of it. And then he, the music that he's playing in the turtle van is going, not going, not go. An obvious nod I to... Get- I didn't get the wingnut versus ninja. Like I get not being on the nose to say ninja, right? But they can't. Like, they can't say it because of rights, because you know that Vanilla Ice would come after them. Totally, but why wingnut? Why wingnut? Yeah, that part I don't know. Um, go turtle, go turtle, go. Like I don't know, because something like that. I I get it. Uh, and then like totally on brand for for Mikey at the end is he saying like, or in part five, it's not even the end. Uh, mm-hmm. When he says to Batman, this was literally the best day that anyone has ever dated. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can hear that cartoon version saying that. And it's just like, Mikey, I think, is just like, he's just hysterical in this. He almost get, he gets, he kind of gets the best lines to me. Uh, you could say that he gets the best moments because he gets the show-stopping credit reenactment. He gets to take down Mad Hatter's machine. Um yeah, so in this book, even though Raph is always my favorite, I think like the the star is kind of Mikey. Yeah, he gets he gets a lot of opportunities to shine, you know. And I think <clears throat> some of the other guys end up being just a little bit more one note. I think the the matchup of Batman and Leonardo is 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 you know smart and appropriate and makes sense. Raph is Raph. Um, you know, the the stuff with uh, with Donatello having a big big old crush on Batgirl, I thought was cute. But it kind of, um, you know, besides being techie Donnie, like, he doesn't have a ton more to do. But his sort of, like, over the moon, you know, just Twitter-pated <laughs> feel for, <laughs> for Batgirl, I thought was Those redheads. Horrible. Oh, they'll I, get you. I can relate, Donnie. Okay, mm. I can relate. Those redheads, they cast a spell on you you know, to the same point, like you get the team up of the two redheads. So it's, you know, you have Barbara there, you have April there and like you get the girls kind of kicking butt together. And, and it's not like in this force contrived way, like some of the fanboys online didn't like in uh, Avengers Endgame, where it's like, Oh, all the girls are together. Right. Like, Oh, so lame. Um, but you know, you, you get those two with Harley and, you know, to the, your point earlier, you get, a ton of different characters from these universes interacting and working together. And it's big and it's uh, you can tell they're doing it on purpose, but it doesn't feel forced. Right. Like I always think when you have these crossover stories, the, the measure stick measuring stick for success is if the story is enjoyable and it works and you can tell the writer found a groove as opposed to just being like, Hey, here's this cash grab editorial wants us to do. Smash it together, get your paycheck and go. And Manning just did such a nice job of of pretty organically finding ways to bring these characters together um, and sort of highlight similarities and then bounce differences off, right? So, you know, we talked a lot about Michelangelo. We haven't talked a ton about Robin, but mm-hmm. sort of the differences between those two uh, was really was really pretty fun to me. You know, you, you, you have like kick butt girl, bat girl, kick butt girl. This version of April is very kick butt, right? Um, you, you know, dark, serious brooding uh, Bruce, um, serious leadership uh, uh, Leo, right? Like, so you have these similarities that are matched up and then you get to Michelangelo and Robin. And it's like 
that's where the dichotomy and the differences are really fun. So the interactions all really work for me. And, um, you know, whether it's highlighting similarities or differences like Manning, I thought did a very nice job plotting that out. Yeah. I mean, Mikey and getting the, I don't even say that he maybe necessarily gets more screen time. It's just like, he gets kind of like the memorable lines and memorable moments and such, but such a a good balance between all the heroes, the villains, you could say obviously get a lot less, but it's like, but that's fine. You know, like it, I didn't bother me. It's, it's about the heroes in which we get a lot of them. And I just think all of that is, um, just really, really cool, Gary. It's really cool. (laughs) But you know what? Hey, here's the deal. At some point when we're talking about two animated series crossing over in a comic book, that we loved as kids, like you don't necessarily need to say a lot more than it's really cool. You know, like there's a ton of other books that if you want this like psychological breakdown of, you know, what are the influences? What's the author trying to say? Um, You know, how is the artist trying to like push the medium in different ways that haven't like they're out there. Go, Go read them. They're awesome. They're important to read. I think you should read them. But like, there's also just, Hey man, give me something to read that I'm going to have a blast with. That'll be a ton of fun and make me feel like a kid again. Like I'm handing you this trade paperback before you can get the sentence out of your mouth. (laughs) The, well, it's one of those things too, of you dream about it as a kid and then you get older and you start to understand how the world works and how much, how some things it sucks. And by some things, I mean like you understand rights issues and property ownership and all the boring grown up legal talk, but how much that affects you in like, Oh, so we'll never see Batman and the Ninja Turtles together. So the, the sheer announcement of it is like, Oh my gosh, what a victory. And then to not just get one series, but two series at this point, it was just two series. Um, combining the two characters it's just like it's already a freaking win and then it's just more uh, more dew in the glass you know <laughs> yeah fill it up it's it's Speaking not just mountain dew. <laughs> it's mountain dew inside of a batman forever collector's glass ryan that's right thank you Gar- somebody understands mm-hmm. somebody gets me that's what i'm here for uh let's see so oh like I was mentioning the throne in characters. We do get just a little Alfred. Mm-hmm. We also do get to see the mainstay uh, goons of Bebop and Rocksteady. Though I'm still, I have such an affinity for the 80s cartoon versions of Bebop and Rocksteady. So it is like, it's a little off-putting still to see these versions of the 2012 series, but it, it's still cool. It's still fun. And then we also do get to see uh, Splinter briefly splinter i didn't he's my there we go out of the tmnt crew splinter is my least favorite <gasps> how dare you right oh that's goodness. their sensei that's well, their father but he's like Meh. he speaks very slow for me and right. it's like okay come on get the words out he's oh, my oh. sons you <laughs> need to believe in each other when you know it's okay okay we get it that dude takes me back to the the scene when they're on the farm and he talks them through the fire. And like, <laughs> yeah. Talk faster. You've got limited time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. The fire's going to go out. Well, you know, but I get it too. Cause what are you going to do? So who do you match yeah. up Splinter with? If Splinter's in the story more, all of a sudden do we, do we need, you know, throughout this series, 
uh, seven pages of Splinter and Alfred interacting. Because otherwise you no. have to match them up with Bruce, right? And, yeah. you know, they're doing the thing with Leo, and I think that works better. So I get it. He, you know, he is kind of left to the side a little bit. But, um, yeah, what are you going to do? There's only so many yeah. pages. I'm okay with it. I love Alfred. I have nothing bad to say about Alfred. Yeah. We got to see him in the Batcave. Yeah. There's a little joke in there, and bada-bing, bada-boom. I'm fine with that. So, Garrett, let's hop to this uh, favorite part of Batman TMNT Adventures. So, um, it is, uh, it is, we've already talked about it quite a bit. The The second favorite, which would be the recreation of the animated series. Um, I think that the, the second, I don't even say it's my second favorite, but it's the thing that comes to mind just after like, oh man, it's so rad they did that is the beginning of part five to laugh, not uh, to laugh. So not to cry with the fear toxin taking over. And um, it's, we see Bruce, uh, he's, he, his, his ventilator has been broken. He's got that toxin in his body. Mm-hmm. There he is outside the Monarch and Alfred's laying dying. And he says, you left us alone with them. And Bruce looks up and it's pretty much the full rogues gallery from the animated series mm-hmm. uh i just thought that was so cool and then back crown whack he gets hit with a shovel to the side of the dome from scarecrow like this whole series or the whole this whole um segment of this book i thought was fun because you go into from that into you know batman and and leo and, and raf sort of chained up by scarecrow and they're having their own hallucinations hallucinations um I, I thought that was just really well written segment of the book so I, I in lieu of just like the super cool sweet to look at recreation of the opening credits i'll say that part excellent yeah uh the mikey beat batman the animated series that's my favorite part for sure but just to come up with something that's fun i do like the sequence where every, where everybody meets in the park for the first time mm, for sure between Batman and Ninja Turtles, especially Mikey, when you see his panel, he's reaching his hand through the portal and he's like, Hmm. And then it cuts to the next panel and he's feeling Batman's face. Like that's funny. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and Batman punches through and then it's like that introduction and then quickly jumps to them working together to fight Snakeweed and Ivy. And like, I like that whole sequence. I think that's a lot of fun. Totally. Uh, favorite panel um because we already talked about so much about the uh, opening credit scene if you go two pages over there is a direct homage to the uh live action 1990 uh um uh, movie poster with uh, mikey yes. in his fake batman garbage suit and robin poking out of the sewer uh, just the way the turtles did on that movie poster. And when I got to that every single time, it makes me happy. I'm just like, Oh man, uh, our boy. So Mariva, so Yep. John, Samariva. go by yeah. first name. John, John, boy John was having a blast drawing this issue. Like to like get to do the two page animated series spread and include this one single panel. That's a, that's a riff off that, um, movie poster. Um, super cool. So I love that one. Excellent. 
Mine is what you just kind of mentioned for your favorite part. If we're not going to go the opening title recreation, then it's definitely the Batman holding Alfred with all of the the villains mm. panel. Mm. I love it. I love that it. it's like, oh, we here are all these characters we can't fit in the story, but we didn't forget about them, and just like smart di- didn't forget Baby Doll. Like thankfully, <laughs> you know, know. Uh, Condiment Kings in there. Condiment Kings in there, and then. Ah, uh, shame on me. Is it the Underdwellers guy? I always think of him as a pirate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hate that episode, but, you know, I remember him. Yeah. But throwing Matt, you know, the Phantasm in there, uh, Raz al Ghul and all that, like, that's just an awesome panel. I'm surprised that they didn't use Man Bat for this, because he seems like a, a good fit between Batman and Ninja Turtles, but also, like, that's okay, too. That's fine. That's fine. It didn't bother me. Now... This is a tricky question, but would you like to see this as an animated film? But we already kind of got one, but it was for the other series. Yeah, you know, so that animated film, I would have uh, personally liked it to skew a bit closer to this because it wasn't 100% the Tynan Williams version, right? Yeah. Yeah. It had some like super duper dark moments, like like more like, oh, boy, that's a that uh, they really went for it. You know, like severed head and what have you uh, for, you know, uh, an animated movie with Batman and Ninja Turtles. But it wasn't quite doing what the with the with that limited series did. But it wasn't doing what this was either. It was sort of like this hybrid, which lent more. Uh, in the direction of the Tynan Williams in this. Um, but uh, if they were to do more of a straight-up adaptation or even a new story that was clearly animated um, you know, series plus uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012, yeah, I would for sure love it. And if it's a, you know, a, what do they call that, like Y7, for TV Y7, esque uh you know suitable for younger viewers over a certain age even more so because i've got you know four little dudes well probably three that i i don't know if i can have the baby watch it yet that would be all in for it too so yes i would be interested but ryan um if you ask me this question about batman things i'm almost always gonna say yes so (laughs) there's a little grain of salt for you well to i'm totally 100 percent agree I would love to see uh, this version as an animated film. Uh, I love the one that we got. Uh, Absolutely love that one. Uh, I want more in some fashion. Continuation of that or brand spanking new original idea off this. Yes, 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 yes. But would you rather see the animation done in the TMNT style? Or in the animated series style? Give me animated series style. And mm. uh, I mean animated series style. Animated series style. Not what the Timverse has become. Yeah. Not New Adventures of Batman and Robin. Not Superman. The original. Like, original. Like season one style. Right? Yeah. Like a little bit more to the Fleischer um you know, you know, give me, you know, you paint these things on, on, on black paper. Like, give me that, give me that a little bit less. I don't know. It's cartoonies. You know, you, you get yeah. what I'm saying, right? I like get the, what you're saying. 
the style became a bit more cartoony and evolved in that DC animated universe look, which is fine. It's a great animation style, but for my money, kick it old school. Bring it back to like, you know, the original run. I don't think I could choose a preference. Uh, I think both would look would look awesome because I do like the animation style, which I think Beware the Batman's kind of that TMNT style, you know, that com- that mm. uh, computer animated style. Yeah. Sometimes that can look really cheap if not done correctly. The Turtles series did not look cheap. Beware the Batman did not look cheap. Uh, some others that have come in between and afterward do look cheap, but um, I'd take it in either form. Yeah, just give me give me this. Give me these incarnations of the characters, and that would be Yeah, hmm, I'm not here to be picky. Delicious. Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, do you have any final words to say about Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures? Um you know, if you haven't read it, you should read it. Uh it's a ton of fun. Um if you can get the original issues, go find those original issues because to Ryan's point, they, they've got some stuff that, that aren't collected in the trade. And, uh, man, this is a good one. You should read it. You should have a ton of fun with it. You should, uh, you should, uh, enjoy the things that it does. And, um, I'm just, I flipped open to one, one, I wanted to find this, um, the variant, cover if you can find this one i think it just looks so cool um and i did when i was kind of talking about freddie williams a bit more um the uh cover variant by kevin eastman um it's just really like something else i think it's 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 so fun to see these characters interact together and be on the same page together after playing with action figures from both series forever like this is what that is. You don't have to have kids to enjoy it. Certainly that is the case, Ryan, as, as you know, as you've told yep. me, you're very certain <laughs> that you don't have any. I do um, not. But it does take you back to being a kid. And if you are young enough that you didn't watch the animated series as a child, like it'll still do that same thing for you. This is this is good stuff. It 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 uh, crossover collections don't often make it on my very esteemed uh, bat shelf. That's sort of for the 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 greats, the legend. But this one's up there. Yep, I echo all of your all of your words. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just a blast. I don't think if you're going to be extremely nitpicky. No, it's not changing the comic landscape with this amazing story that it's trying to tell. It's just trying to, it promises of like combining two beloved series and two beloved worlds of characters. And you're going to have fun for six issues in which it totally delivers and then some on it. And I can't recommend it enough. If Blind buy it if you've never read it before. You see it, buy it. The single issues... I think it just depends on where you find them. I've seen some that makes them seem like, you know, just barely a little more than they were at first uh, when they were first released. And then I've seen others where they're, yeah, they're a lot more expensive than when first released. So I'm glad I got all my issues, uh, but I'm glad I have the trade, which makes it easier to go back and read. But absolutely, it's a must buy. Um, Hallelujah. Cowabunga. uh, Ninja Turtles. Booyah. Radical, and, radical, radical, yes. radical. <laughs> oh, man. I think I want to watch that now. Me too. Thanks thanks a lot. I think um, it's on HBO Max right now. Woo! Woohoo! 
I I did say, and Garrett, you know this. Um, I said it's Turtle Week because the next episode on the Batman Book Club is an interview with the writer of this crossover series, Matthew Manning. I've conducted the interview already. He was an awesome guy, awesome interviewer, answered a ton of questions, and he didn't tell me to shut up when I just kept talking and asking questions. Um, It's a really cool um, interview, and he sheds a lot of light behind um, this series and the the creation of it, like pre- launch during the launch and post launch and this story was not what you have in your hands what we've discussed garrett is not what it was initially supposed to be so i'll wait until i cannot wait um so you can hear that will also be coming in just a couple days because i don't want to i've already sat on that long enough i don't want to sit on it anymore no so no no um, get that one out there i love i love a ryan lauer interview you know one of my (laughs) one of my uh one of my faves um, I remember that that Wally Winger uh, yes. interview well, over Wally on the Batman Winger. Batman on film uh, podcast was just a, a delight. So I'm looking looking forward to this one. Cool. Well, much appreciated. It's very kind of you to say. I'm not surprised either because you're Minnesota nice. So, uh, yeah. If you I in case you missed um the tease on the Twitter about it, there you go. Uh, it's coming up soon. So that's a fun interview. Look for that. So Garrett Grev, my friend, thank you again for coming on the show. I like having you come on the show. Um, it's your pick next time. I know you're coming back. And so you get the next couple picks. No influence by me. Oh boy. Although I know some that you have cooking in your head and I'm a okay with that. So hallelujah. <laughs> radical, radical, radical. <laughs> Just fall back to that on all of it. Radical, so radical. Uh, why don't you, you know, why don't you talk talk about yourself and how people can follow you in your oh work? Oh boy, you can follow me. Uh, Twitter's the easiest way to do it. Um, you've heard of that website. I'm at Garrett Wado. That is G A R R E T W A T O. You will find me there uh, talking about uh, Batman and Superman and uh, to Masters of the Universe, Star Wars. A whole bunch of fantasy football this time of year. Um, and then, you know, if, if you haven't noticed it, I, I do tend to talk about my dad life and my kids. So every once in a while, I'll share something I found humorous over in the Twitter sphere about, you know, raising a pack of wild animals uh, called <laughs> little boys. Um, uh, if you'd like to read words that I write instead of just listen to words that I say, uh, you can check out my comic book reviews at BatmanOnFilm.com, where I cover Justice League and Batman Superman. That would be just delightful. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. So nice. So nice. Such a gentle and kind soul. (laughs) Oh, you can uh, follow me on the Twitter for, you know, at the Batman BC for the show. Like I said, at the top of the show for upcoming episodes, uh, new episodes and giveaways. Follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, my personal one where I don't talk 100% about Batman. It's about 98%. I also, like Mr. Garrett, am a contributor for Batman on Film, and I am now writing reviews for the main Batman title with uh, James Tynan IV, and lately also I wrapped up my reviews for Three Jokers, so check those out uh, if you haven't already. And 
yeah, you can write in for Batman Book Club because I think a Q&A episode's coming up soon. I've been sitting on some questions for a while. I think it's time for some answers. So write in to thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And lastly, if you'd ever be so kind, I'm going to continue to be desperate and say, would you uh, rate and review the show, please? Descri- or the link is in the description of this episode. Well, that's enough for me. Cowabunga. For Garrett, I am Ryan. And until next time, read more Batman and Ninja Turtle comics. Radical! <laughs>